0: Yeah.
1: Hello, everybody. This is uh, Mark Karaki, Impact Africa Network, the Emergy podcast. Uh, another exciting week. Awesome guest. Another founder. Part of our founder series. We've got our first female founder. Ah. That's super exciting. Yeah. Paris Fosire, co-founder of Farm Drive, which is a fintech startup that uh, is in the. F- Farm space, smallholder farmer space, and I'll let you kind of elaborate a little bit on on what that is, but I'm super excited to have you here, Paris. You and I have known each other for maybe six months to a year. We met um, about that time, and, um, you know, I was very impressed with uh, what you've been able to accomplish uh, as a founder number one here in in Africa. You know, things are very challenging for entrepreneurs, and um, the fact that you're a female founder is also very impressive, I mean, because we know the challenges with that as well. But um, I'll just let you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us you know, your background, where you went to school, and we'll take it from there.
0: Cool. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me. Hi, guests. Yeah, thanks for listening in. Um, as Mark said, my name is Paris, I'm um, the founder and CEO of FarmDrive. FarmDrive is one of the fintech startups based here in Nairobi, and we operate specifically in the agriculture sector. Mm-hmm. The work that we do is in providing digital financial services to the smallholder value chain, which includes um, smallholder farmers and agro dealers. Our core products are loans mm-hmm. we now have insurance and layaway savings the The mission behind starting this company was to was to and has been mm-hmm. that hasn 't changed is to drive. Capital to smallholder businesses. I, my business partner and I, Rita, who's uh, who will join in sometime, I guess, to give her side of the story. We, we started this company. We started thinking about this company and doing this in 2014 during our final year in college. Mm -hmm. We both um, studied and met at the University of Nairobi in a computer science class. So four years of um going through tech school mm-hmm. during our final year that's when we thought about farm drive. The inspiration behind it is first the tech skills we acquired and also seeing a lot of developments in, in the mobile for tech space. Mm-hmm. But more importantly is the fact that we both grew up in smallholder farming communities. So we understood the challenges farmers face. We understood that smallholder farming is not just a backup career, it's, main, it's, a, it's a business right. for a lot of people who, who live in rural communities. A lot of people who live in villages mm-hmm. are actually full-time farmers, so it's a business for them. That's where money comes from to pay school fees, mm-hmm. to buy food. Um, in comparison, we saw that the people who are formerly employed in our communities, and most people in villages are formerly employed as teachers, most of the formal employment is in teaching. Mm. Teachers could get loans from, you know, Malimu Sako, mm-hmm. and, and you can even top up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But for farmers,
1: there was a financial was infrastructure never, yeah, for teachers. Eh? Yes,
0: there was never an option for where these where farmers actually get their loans mm. so teachers in most villages are actually among the most privileged members of the community Interesting. but who feeds the country 80% of the food that we consume comes from the small farmers exactly. who are farming in the rural villages
2: mm.
0: so in, in, in from a high level perspective that's, that's where we're coming from that's mm. why the idea struck us that we need a way to formalize how to get credit to the smallholder businesses we mm. need to give smallholder farmers visibility not as smallholder farmers but small businesses who right. need credit to grow
1: right that's amazing i mean that's i didn't even know that uh, i guess when we met we we talked a little bit about your background but you know when i hear it again that's a, a very natural uh, path to uh, Founding a startup because you're trying to solve a problem that's very intimate and very near and dear to you that you understand very well, yeah. and to me that's always a sign of um, authenticity and uh, also a signal for somebody or a, a team that has the potential to to really go the distance. So, yeah. so that's awesome. Um, so, where so you guys met at University of Nairobi? Is that is yeah. that where you
0: met? Yes. Yeah. So divergent um, in a divergent. We, we converged at university, but I guess the mm. universe was um, aligning us to meet from, mm. from our childhood. Because mm. when you look at both our backgrounds, they're really, really very similar. Interesting. Raised uh-huh. by, um, mostly by mothers who are teachers uh-huh. and also farmers. Uh, we both went to really good high schools um on merit mm-hmm. i went to i i went to merry hill in Pika, okay. which it's is a, yeah, w- one of the best um mm-hmm. girls schools in the country she went to moy girls elderate, my my business partner rita which mm-hmm. is one of the other best girls schools we have in the country mm-hmm. and then from there we got admitted to the university of nairobi mm-hmm. to study computer science
1: which is no which is not no mean feat that takes yeah. up doing right yeah
0: yeah to, um, <laughs> very competitive yeah, yeah so we uh, we were all a students from mm. primary school high mm. school we met our first meeting was actually in a shared dorm room because we were assigned to the same room in first year
1: awesome so so, that, it, so it was just basically you guys were gonna meet at some point at yeah. some
0: point we were gonna <laughs> meet yeah that i think that was decided Yeah. Uh, then we became friends.
1: Okay, Right off the bat or did it evolve over time? Right
0: right off the bat. Okay. We became friends. We had another friend. We were three in the room, so uh-huh. the three of us were very close and um, developed a very, very tight relationship, tight relationship that's more family uh-huh. than, 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 than even friendship. We supported each other in different ways. The unique thing about Rita and myself is we found ways to, to keep ourselves busy outside of classwork. Mm, mm. So we'd always be the ones looking and volunteering to do other things with faculty. Mm -hmm. So our first involvement in a real-life scenario project was Mm. with the Nokia Research Center. There was a partnership, a collaboration between the University of Nairobi and Nokia Research Center to develop games. Mm. The project was called Learning by Doing. Uh Develop games on those feature phones. For kids to learn, kids in rural areas again right. very exciting. Again, so aligned with your with your yeah, background. So, Rita and I um, became part of that project. It was mm-hmm. a one year project. Mm-hmm. We did. We were involved in the project all the way from design research. Mm-hmm. We, I mm-hmm. remember it was my first time to go to Busia to interview kids in mm-hmm. a primary school. Mm-hmm. How how do they see? Games mm-hmm. as as a tool for learning. Mm-hmm. We developed some games from that. They were deployed in the Ovi Store before before Nokia evolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember my role in the project. I was working in a team where I was a sound engineer.
2: Interesting. <laughs> How figuring, did that happen? <laughs> I,
0: was, I was figuring out sound and haptics and whatnot for for the games kids play. So. I guess doing such projects and being put in a real life scenario where you're doing something that people are using. Right, right. It makes you feel like it's not a lab,
1: it's actually it's actually a real world kind of uh You're dealing with the digital world where people actually engage with, so it it changes. It changes
0: your perspective and it makes you feel more empowered in a way as a a, yes as a human being because you can see your skills translating to something bigger beyond yourself. When you're a very academically gifted um, student, I I feel like the the community tends to push you towards more more and more more excellence. (laughs) More books. Get this. Is let's see what next. PhD and, and whatnot, right. but that, that that feeling of putting out something in the world that people are using, for me it was a very pivotal moment mm. of knowing that beyond the books, There's a real world this, is here. Yeah. this is it. Yeah. This is what I offer to, to the world, and I guess it was the same thing um, for Asia. So we did the Nokia research project. She went on to do another project for one year mm-hmm. with Nokia, I decided to venture into other things, so I went to PwC instead for mm. an internship in their data center. I spent some time in the server room and um, doing a couple of other things that involved care and whatnot. So mm. that also being mm. in the corporate structure, helped, yeah, yeah. it helped me understand how does tech translate into the into success the and efficiencies yeah. of corporate o- organizations. Right. I have to admit. So you saw both sides? So I consumer saw both sides, yes. And enterprise. And enterprise, yeah. And I mean, the time I spent at corporates, I spent more time at two other corporates after PwC. I guess it also gave me an exposure to who I am and the kind of management environment I thrive in. Mm. I, I didn't have... I had a great experience in terms of learning at PwC, but I didn't have... I don't feel like I got the best cultural environment for who I was and, and the skills... That I had because mm-hmm. it's such a big corporate, and yeah, you get
1: swallowed up into you the get swallowed machine. up into
0: into processes and right. that are set up, and that's not me. I right. set up processes. I don't follow the ones that are there. Right. Um, I then went on to work at IBM Research. Mm. No, IBM first the the business side for mm. six months on on a some I think it was called a global student leadership program, some internship mm-hmm. program where we'd work part time. That was my final year. Of college, so I was working four hours every mm. day and mm. doing school work. So you had at PwC
1: at while you are still at school. This whole, this whole process while you're still P- a student. Yeah, or,
0: huh? so I did. I did. Yeah, so I I've, I found ways to balance my academic work and practical mm. work experience. That's yeah, cool. I, I I was always doing something, and same goes for Rita. We always had something that we were doing. That's cool. And that I think that gives you an edge, even mm. as, as an entrepreneur or someone who wants to get into employment. The networks that you make, the exposure that you get mm-hmm. in the different environments, it can mm-hmm. ki- it sort of gives you an edge. Right,
2: definitely. If, yeah,
0: was, yeah, I've I I keep telling my sister I've never lacked the confidence of I won't have something to do. Right, and I feel that that strongly came from my engagement in different activities when I was in university. It made me understand the the kind of skills that I bring into the spaces I'm in and how powerful those are. That I could be needed anywhere, so, right, right. Yeah, so, so, so be, that's, that's more <laughs> career advice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's useful, right? because um, I guess the question I would ask for you is, you know, it's, it's very challenging obviously for, I think most people find it very challenging, young yeah. people to access some of these internships, mm-hmm. uh, so getting an internship at a company like PwC is highly prized. Uh, and, and, and I think you said IBM as well. So how did you go about that? Do you have any tips for anybody who might be... Because there's this another thing to... Maybe answer that question first, then we'll go to the next one. How did you go about accessing the internships and making it happen?
0: I, I find that I've advanced in my life stages and the opportunities that have come to me through networking
2: mm-hmm.
0: and putting myself out there. I got the PWC opportunity because I told my professor in college that um, I'm looking to I'm looking for something different outside of the Nokia research mm-hmm. project. Mm-hmm. And professors always have opportunities. People are mm-hmm. always reaching out to professors, get me um, mm-hmm. students.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It might be different. I mean, the School of Computing and Informatics at the University of Nairobi is really small and close-knit. Mm-hmm. There's an average of 100 um, students. Per class, less than hundred students per class. Mm. So I guess the opportunities are not as competitive as competitive right. as uh, in other schools. Right. Right. I, mm. I, I, I imagine, but mm. that's that's one of the ways that uh, I got ahead. I always say, told people, people that I thought would help yeah. what I want, mm. what I want to do. I want mm. to diversify from the Nokia Research Project. Do you have? any opportunities, how I got into the Nokia research project is that one of the lecturers asked in class, "Who would like to do this and this?" Mm-hmm. Few of us raised mm-hmm. our hands. So you, you you have to put
1: yourself out put, there. You have to yeah. present
0: yourself. Yeah. It was a class of 40 people, and I think only five of us that happens all the raised, time.
1: Yeah,
0: raised hands to be mm. part of that project.
1: And here we are, right? And
0: and that kept opening doors. doors yeah, um, the IBM. Project. I saw it advertised.
1: You applied for it.
0: I applied for it. I did an aptitude. It's the only time that I've done an aptitude. Uh, and um, it seems I passed. I, I'm told I passed. I'm told I got the highest uh, mark for the ladies. because They were, were doing comparisons. Mm-hmm. So I passed and then I, I did an interview. Mm-hmm. How I passed the interview with the managers mm-hmm. was because I told them of the projects I had done with Nokia, mm-hmm. so Nokia opened up
1: the IBM, the
0: IBM opportunity.
1: So here you are in this world where you're being exposed to these mega enterprises, right? And I guess it's exposing you to all these concepts, consumer side of technology, and then you're in, the, in the server room, backend and infrastructure and all that stuff. And so, you know, you start to evolve and kind of figure yourself out, right? Yeah. And how do we now get out of that to go to to farm drive and and now i'll I'll pepper that with this to kind of give some contextual backdrop here is most people once they get those in this in our market once people get access to those big corporates that's the goal right they're not trying to do anything else right if anything it's going to be a side hassle but they're not trying to offboard on the mothership that is ibm or or pwc what was your journey right how did you say you know what i'm going to dive right into the deep end of this shock infested water of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. How did that? How did that happen? I guess maybe were you always an entrepreneur from before? Did you ever do anything entrepreneurial in the past? How did this come about?
0: No, I never sold even a pen or pencil to my classmates.
1: <laughs> You're <laughs> no. too busy doing
0: homework. <laughs> I was busy uh, doing studios. No. Um, Previously I mentioned that being in these spaces gave me the confidence to believe in my skills.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, in retrospect, when I look back, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel that the reason why I decided to come into entrepreneurship it's because I was very confident of my skills and mm-hmm. what I bring to the table. Mm-hmm. It, it allowed me to take risks. Mm-hmm. I, I worked at IBM in the business office for six months, then mm-hmm. I moved to the IBM research. Again an opportunity I looked for because I wanted to be more involved in software engineering. Mm-hmm. I found myself working with research scientists on very sometimes very hypothetical things
2: mm-hmm.
0: that I I, I in, sometimes I questioned: Is this practical? Or valuable in any real or sense? Or valuable? Mm. And I'm spending so much time. I'm mm. writing code. I'm analyzing data. Is this? Is this the best use, use of my potential? Mm. Mm. Not even time for me. I looked at it more from potential and purpose. Okay. Is this? Is this the best that I, I can achieve? I then moved from IBM to. I was hired by an arm of the. Uh, CBK the Central Bank of Kenya mm-hmm. to help set up their mobile banking security lab. I don't know why they would hire the junior most software <laughs> engineer in the country to set up their mobile banking security lab, but that that happened. Maybe they weren't
1: serious about it. They were but, like, yeah, let's look like we're doing something. Hey, you come here."
0: <laughs> I don't that know. happened. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, I I kid you not, I was their first hire. I was based at the Kenya School of Monetary Studies in the newest building, first hire wow. for that. How did you know, how did that job come about? Again, networking. I met someone who knew about the job. <laughs> not even the job. Um, my experience at Nokia. I met mm. someone through IBM right. at one of the IBM um, events, mm-hmm. and yeah. And at that time, FarmDrive had come up. I'd, I'd, I'd started building through and thinking through FarmDrive. So so we'll, so, so, talk about
1: how, so talk about where did the fund drive first conversation happen with you and Rita? Do you remember when that happened? It happened in
0: college. Um, mm. Just I think it was an afternoon or a morning in mm. class. We pulled our desks around and mm. started talking through how do we where where the which problem domains are ripe for tech.
1: Okay, so it was a general question and not a specific kind of yeah like talk about fund first. it was like let's just let's let's look to build some tech solutions for right let's let's do some research here yes. yeah. um
0: during my second year at at my school, we normally do two projects mm-hmm. two practical projects during your second year to get your second year diploma and a final year project which is which is which takes the entire year it's, mm-hmm. it's about five units combined. During my second year, my project was in agriculture. Actually, when I look, things just are adding up now. Mm-hmm. It was an agriculture project. I was trying to donate um, the milk collection process at the rural milk collection centers. Mm-hmm. This a lack of transparency in that process. Mm-hmm. People supply milk; they get paid less than they brought.
1: So this with the cooperatives or is yeah, it like with the cooperatives, aggregator the aggregators. Well. Sometimes
0: oh. they are cooperatives. Sometimes it's the small yeah. micro aggregators. Yeah, yeah. I was my proposal was um, using mobile phones and sensors to to automate that process so right. that. The aggregator knows how much has been supplied, the farmer knows how much they've supplied. From a weight standpoint?
1: By weight or by weight and
0: quality? Weight and quality. Okay. Yeah, that's why the sensors were involved, both yeah. weight and quality and records as well. Mm-hmm. A digitized way of capturing mm-hmm. those transactions so that mm-hmm. everyone knows what they're expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, Rita's project was on microfinance, charmers, mm-hmm. um, kind of. Helping farmers uh, also digitize their their processes and tech credit mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I think those, right. those things. intersectionality are magic. yeah overlap yeah. 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 So we we kind of had been exposed through our projects to agriculture and finance. But during our final year, having gone through the IBMs and whatnot, and and also doing a we we did a couple of hackathons where we. We were in winning teams most of the time. Awesome. And and I have at that time had come up and tech was a wave. I don't know if it's a wave or a wind. <laughs> <laughs> so we felt like we're in the right place to at be the right creators, time. Yeah. Right? right? This is such a privilege to have been admitted to computer science. We are now about to graduate. You're what do we do?
1: Right. You're in the the middle of the most what do we do exciting do with, um, yeah. with the
0: skills that we have. Awesome. Yeah. So that's. That's when went. in twenty fourteen that's that's when Farm Drive started and we started prototyping. Mm-hmm. Being computer scientists, you can code your prototype awesome. overnight, yeah. mm-hmm. You do not need mm-hmm. another dev to do it for you. Mm-hmm. So the prototype started, then we presented at some competition in Acre, was it Accra? Kigali. We didn't win, but the name was out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What did the
1: name come from?
0: It's a cool name actually. It's a cool name. Um our first Our first way of when when we first thought about um, helping farmers and chose finance as a way to help them, immediately we thought of banks are not giving farmers loans because they don't have data about these farmers. So Mm -hmm. how do we aggregate alternative data and relevant data that we can give these financial institutions to make decisions? Mm -hmm. The first way of collecting that data, I kid you not, was very simple: just record keeping. How do we help farmers keep records on their mobile phones? When I look back at it I laugh so much because <laughs> it just doesn't work. But how do we get farmers to keep records on their mobile phones? And then that data can be used by financial institutions to design products and give farmers loans. Mm-hmm. So data and drive, like data is normally but stored in, in a hard drive, drive right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> now it would have been called so, farm cloud now. <laughs> <so> <laughs> okay. All right. So data Farm Drive, yeah. awesome! And, and actually, the logo is pretty cool. Who designed the logo for you? I like, I like that logo.
0: Oh yeah, one of our very, very close friends yeah. was actually part of Farm Drive when we were starting out. When we were brainstorming, we were uh-huh. four people on, uh-huh. the, on the on the table. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's um, he's a great. He's one of the greatest designers in in Nairobi. I think currently, What's his name? He's called James. He's based at Busara. Hi, James. <laughs> I'll make you listen to this.
1: <laughs> James, yeah. you're getting promotion here, man. So that's awesome. Yeah, we. I love good design good design changes the game in terms of just you know uh telling a great story with good design you can really go far so that james awesome logo man that thing is you know it lives forever yeah he
0: also came up with this um the slogan driving smallholder farming both a combination of the drive drive driving and also um Tractors are driven and whatnot. So let's drive smallholder farming forward through data, through tractors, through whatever means financing. Let's keep driving it forward. That's that's how that you came about. That's yes.
1: that's great. Um, so so you guys are sitting around a table, ideating. You know, all these kind of cool things are happening. You build an MVP, go to Kigali, and then what? Then what happened next? Um.
0: Uh, then we started part-timing on it mm-hmm. on, on weekends, mm-hmm. testing, going on the ground, um, those, the dusty rural areas. Mm-hmm. It was a very hot season field when research. we started doing the field research mm-hmm. and testing right. of the prototype. Mm-hmm. And we were working as well, that's when I was doing the project with the central bank and Rita was working at Mobile Decisioning Mode,
2: mm-hmm.
0: one of the um, biggest syntax in the country. And even in Africa, Um, so we we were working on this during
1: weekends. Weekends, Mm -hmm.
0: and we we saw some promise. We were we were disappointed by the lack of use of record keeping on SMS because. So your your prototype didn't work. Your MVP didn't work. It didn't work. Behavioral change is just it's just so difficult. Yeah, yeah, but. While it didn't work directly as the prototype, it was, it helped us uncover where the need is. Exactly. It helps us. So, imagine it. if. You,
1: okay, so check this out. Yeah. This is such a very important topic, right? You guys went to the field, right, to actually test it out with real farmers very early in the process, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, without that, you would not have known two things. One, this is not going to work this way, the way we think. And two, oh, this is where the, the pain point is. Um, I find that a lot of people locally I don't tend to do that. They build first a big product or they overbuild before they engage the users in a real way or the customers. I've seen that happen a lot. Is that, is that something you've seen or, or what, what, what advice would you give to people kind of starting out right now, just on that particular point?
0: Yeah, I've seen that a lot and you're right. We need to, we need to test things first as quickly as possible to validate if that's a real need that you're imagining there is, and if it's the real need, is that is this the best way to solve it? Mm-hmm. Granted, it, things will keep changing, execution will keep changing, mm-hmm. but the sooner you keep figuring that out and eliminating the things that won't work, the better it is for you. Mm-hmm. To add into that, one of the other things I've learned is the need to figure out as early as possible who your paying customers are Mm -hmm. and get them to start paying even if it's just one or two get that revenue coming in Mm -hmm. because it it helps there's there's some level of confidence that comes with having revenue from a paying customer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you might raise 10 million Mm dollars from investors but your hundred dollars from your customer is more valuable
1: for sure than than money
0: from the investor because it then validates the need and it allows you to think, how do I scale this to 10 of other customers, like the one that I have now? Right. Then how do I keep it? So you're working on the business yes. instead
1: of, okay, this is such an important point again, and thanks for bringing this up. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's better, it's the, the purpose of being in business is to raise money from customers, right? In the world we live in right now because of, you know, the, the, the megaphone that is a Silicon Valley and that whole model of building tech, Companies, it's been it's been defined as raising money from venture capital or from investors, and that can be very confusing to people, right? Because you know you have to switch between those two things, right? Mm-hmm. Like building a product and selling uh, to customers is one kind of uh, trajectory, and then when you go, because you've done this, you've raised money, and you've, you it's a it's a step change. It's actually the, the switching costs are not that easy and not, that 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 uh, that fluid. So, I find that that's another problem. People are not focused on raising money from customers. That's the most important thing, period, right? I mean...
0: Yes, and um, it's taken us a long time to actually appreciate that. I know a couple of my uh, mentor friends and entrepreneur friends kept saying that early on. Mm. But it didn't make a lot of sense Mm. to me back then. Like two to three years ago, three years ago, it didn't. I didn't understand what that means. I mean, if we can right now, what we need is to raise money to sustain the company. That mm-hmm. was the focus mm-hmm. because of the interactions that you're having with people. If if you're constantly interacting with people whose um, main KPI is how much money you've raised, then you're going to start measuring yourself against that. Right. Mm-hmm. If your investors are constantly asking you about how much run we? Let's go back into the market for more money. Then you'll constantly be in a state of raising and the only thing that you're looking at is investors and talking and due diligence and financial models. Mm-hmm. Not what...
1: Not the business. The not, what, not the fundamentals of the business. What matters. So it's yeah.
0: taken us a long time to understand the balance between the two. This is not to say you don't need investor money. We need investor money to scale sure. and to grow. Right. But we need to bring in money that's helping us to build the business models the business models need to be growing and working those two have to go hand hand in hand
1: and i think that's a very important point because you know it's always a it's what comes first right who's going to put money into a business that's not making money right it's not very yeah. unlikely. Maybe mm-hmm. friends, family, or stuff like that, or your yeah. own money. Yeah. So it's a sequencing thing, right? You prove the model, you build a certain size of business to validate the idea that you're, that you're uh, building, because they, at the end of the day, the purpose of that money is to, is to scale. So if you don't have a scalable model, by definition, you, you, you can't... Raising money is, is a fool's errand in a, in a lot of ways, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. what, is, what are you going to do with the money? Yeah. Right? And people always say, "Oh, well, I'm going to increase my marketing. I mean, how do you know that marketing is going to trickle down to the bottom line, right? Or to the top line revenue type yeah. of thing,
2: you know? Yeah, we, but, yeah, yeah
0: so. we started off well, we started off by being very focused on, we have, um, our initial model was working with financial institutions, doing the credit scoring, acquiring customers and working with financial institutions to lend. Mm-hmm. So early on we got, we went into, we went through, I'll mention that at some point through an accelerator program, got a paying MFI client. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and MFI and
1: stands for?
0: Oh, microfinance institution. It. Like a microfinance <laughs> institution in Kenya that was willing to use our credit scoring at that time. and. As
1: a client or just as a, hey, uh, we're partners?
0: As, as as a potential innovation client. <laughs> <laughs> awesome but they paid. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They paid for that. Okay. So that was good, but we lost it along the way. We then started chasing the fundraising and, and looking for money to, to scale. And I feel like a lot of that came from being exposed to investors all at once and then investors now start asking you the question, so what's what's the business model, where is the pitch deck and then what not. So we got into fundraising mode right. for a very, very long time. We raised money which we needed very good, but we lost the balance of the business big, big, big has the business. to keep running.
1: Wow. Yes. Wow. That's super, super yeah. insightful because mm-hmm. Uh, As a young ecosystem, an emerging ecosystem, the way an ecosystem learns is by people going through those lessons. Mm -hmm. And this is an important thing. And people need to understand that. Because raising money is a distraction in a lot of ways. And it takes the discipline to say, you know, to have a plan and execute the plan. Um, And so I think this is so so valuable. I cannot insist on it more. So maybe just even talk a little bit more about... Okay. Uh, how? What was the process of raising? I guess which? How? If you can, what amounts did you raise when, and what was the sequencing of that and, and, and that type of thing? So, give a little bit of color over there, if you could.
0: So, after we did the testing of the prototypes and we realized where the need is, the need, we realized the need for credit is there. What we need to do is figure out how to how to connect the two where right. the money the, where the private capital is the money sitting at the banks to get to the farmers right. we validated the need through the prototypes we then went through an accelerator program village mm. capital for mm. three months mm-hmm. that's when we decided to quit our full-time jobs in 2015 that was at the beginning of 2015 mm-hmm.
1: we, and let me ask you this three months seems like was it what was it structured like Seems like a a long time for yeah
0: it was it was more one week of face-to-face time okay and the rest of the time you were dating and okay. applying what you, you learned you have access to the net, to the mentors and the trainers okay yeah but that process happened for three months okay it was a very important process for us to to go through mm-hmm. because from computer science very ambitious what we knew was write code create amazing Things on tech. Mm-hmm. We didn't understand anything to do with financial models business operations and yeah. business operations mm. and raise even raising money was such a wild right. concept right. because we thought I mean when you build tech it gets bought right so you <laughs> make money
1: here <laughs> yeah, it is Take, give me money <laughs> yeah,
0: we didn't <laughs> understand that the, the process of creation starts small especially for software right you. It's, it's cumulative gains. Right. You now, know. this is
1: such an important thing again because you know, you find again a lot of people. So, this accelerator thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a lot of techies are very skeptical about uh, accelerators, right? There's this kind of like weird relationship with it. What's your sense of where techies are in terms of accelerators and that enablement, um, I guess, space?
0: Uh, I feel like the reason why techies, a couple of techies are skeptical about accelerators is not because of the value of accelerators, it's just how some of the accelerator programs are structured. Mm. Some accelerator programs will say, okay, um, after one, you come in, you give us 2% of your company. Mm -hmm. People never want to have equity splitting company conversations. Even before you know what this the is, values, it makes yeah. people very uncomfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, so this is a feedback again to the accelerators. Mm. The way you structure your programs matters.
2: Mm, mm.
0: Yeah, don't scare off people. Mm. I feel like that's one of the. What, well, what
1: would be a great way that they could structure? Because you know, they could these accelerators could structure their programs that would work for, for our situation in our market.
0: Um, I don't have many grand ideas, because the one that I went through was nearly free to even pay. I think we paid. It was very, very, very... Um Subsidized, mm, mm. I think, because they had um, some funding to be able to subsidize that. They yeah, village, village Capital is a big VC capital
1: fund in the US,
0: yeah. Yes, and, and, at, and the end of, at, end of, at the end of it, they get to invest, so it's a deal flow for them, right? They put in a lot of work to get good deal flow, to get deal flow and mm. to also generate deal flow for, for other people. So, I guess there's sponsorships involved okay. as well. That wa- I feel like that works because if you start scaring off entrepreneurs early in the States it's with, not gonna happen. Yeah, um, yeah. you're going to give us 2% of your company and then when you start making revenue we're going to share part of that revenue. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very uncomfortable conversation. It might be very comfortable for people in the Silicon Valley, I don't know, but um, The Silicon Valley it's usually, <coughs> it's, usually,
1: it's, usually, it's usually a small amount of money and, and the expertise, yeah. right? So the money kind of yeah. the investment yeah. makes it easier to have the conversation because yeah. you know um it's it, it's a very interesting yeah. dynamic yeah. uh the,
0: e- on, the only way you can do that the, as an accelerator program is, is is if you're actually putting in money mm-hmm. put in money and mm-hmm. take equity because mm-hmm. yeah. then it becomes it becomes an equity investment right right but just come here we train mm-hmm. you we bring trainers mm-hmm. they talk to you and tell you things and then we're gonna take two percent of the company mm-hmm. you can quantify that value right. in to you, but an entrepreneur who's, who's starting out may not be able yeah. to quantify what that value is. That's a big is. one,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I've heard multiple conversations, a lot of people around that. It's like, we have this challenge where um, they need that support, but how are you going to quantify the value and, and ex- how is the value exchange going to work? Mm. And because we don't have early stage funders or funds or investors, of, of you know, it becomes this big gap. Um, And then the the challenge becomes only the village capitals of the world which are again a foreign fund funds can actually participate Which means local capital is still not exposed because we still need need local capital participating. It's this kind of weird um, Intractable.
0: If people are scared of we don't know who the entrepreneurs are or mm -hmm. the We don't know if Kenyans will make good entrepreneurs put your money into supporting accelerators so that they can subsidize the rates to create deal flow for you, so that all you need to come in to do is seeing the business models and selecting who you want to invest yeah.
1: in. Yeah, you, know you know what I think? I think you guys are the ones, the entrepreneurs right now are the ones who are going to be the ones to, to, to unlock this, yeah. this this bottleneck. Yes. Expecting for people who've not been exposed to startups and tech to invest, I mean, the older generation, I think it's a bit, I think it's a bit asking too much, right? The reality of the situation is if you look at any ecosystem that has scaled, it has scaled on the back of entrepreneurs who've been there, done that and come and had some success, understand the game, come back and reinvest it in the ecosystem, Mm -hmm. whether it's advice, whether it's money and all that stuff. So it's a cyclical thing that needs to happen. And I think if we really look at, just listening to you, it really looks at where we are, we are kind of struggling with uh, putting the cart before the horse here, having the wrong expectation for the wrong audience. We need a cycle of founders to exit or to have some success, and that's what we don't
0: have. We don't have a lot of M and As happening. Right. I right. saw an article from Bob Colimo the other day that um, his advice to the next leadership at Safaricom is not to be afraid to go into new markets to look at more M and As. So I hope Safaricom is going to trigger more um, acquisitions so yeah, that we can have many, many. That's not the a kind of strategy.
1: That's not been their strategy. Well, Bob
0: Bob is giving them a strategy.
2: (laughs) It's
1: very difficult to change the cultural mindset of an organization because people, the muscle memory has been to let's go do alpha and become the startups. And that's fine. That's legitimate. Um, But yeah, I mean, who's going to drive liquidity into the market? But I think maybe we're, you know, honestly, the way I feel is like if people focus on building fundamentally strong businesses, the solution will show up.
0: Yeah, I feel like we st- we have a couple of high net worth entrepreneurs who can be nudged to start um, revolving their money into the ecosystem
1: maybe they are in private yeah. I think people do in things in private, private but, but yeah mm-hmm.
0: I know a couple of people that have made um, angel investments who yeah. are founders as well right. in tech right. companies right. so it's happening but we need we need visibility on that because yeah. that's the, that visibility very is what broad. it's it's very critical to people knowing this is happening and how it happened and then every people can join in and scale it so my guys come out yeah you need to <laughs> come stress, to the podcast stress. and that's why Let's we said start, yeah, yeah that's
1: why we, that's why we started this podcast yes the purpose of this podcast is to drive uh, and, and democratize startup knowledge and ecosystem know-how best practices drive mindset change that is the reason why we have the Chini Maji podcast Exactly that because if we are not able to democratize that knowledge Localize it and and scale it into the ecosystem. I'm sorry. We're not going to see that traction. So You need to introduce me to some people who put capital into companies so they can come and share their story This is the purpose of this podcast is to change is to to catalyze Silicon Savannah's belief
0: level Yeah, we're still um, a bit closed People have their own smaller relationships, mm-hmm. but at large, in terms of the visibility of what's going on in the even Nairobi tech ecosystem, leave Kenya alone out of it, mm-hmm. it's still very closed. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah, yeah. private. Right, I'm actually
1: impressed that you, you agreed to come to this podcast, because most entrepreneurs, uh, I would say a majority of them have said, ah, you know what, I actually want to say Chini Imagi, which is ironic, because the, the podcast is called <laughs> But they're like, I'm like, dude, we're not going to, we need to start telling our stories. I'm sorry, that's the way, who are the best storytellers in the world? As a, as a, as a country, who are the best storytellers? If you are to pick one? You tell me. Think about it. It's not that hard. Uh,
0: American? Americans.
1: Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right? So if you wanna be successful, guess what? You gotta emulate success. And if your story is not told, I'm sorry you don't even exist nobody knows anything about you that's a that's a hard truth right and so africans local ecosystem you thank you so much for being here i mean you're going to inspire the next uh, uh, female founder who's maybe at uon U- right now or wherever she is that's what we're supposed to do it's about paying it forward and being bold and audacious and saying you know what i'm here and i was here because you know what a hundred years from now Nobody will even know you and I existed and it wouldn't matter, right? So what are we scared of?
0: Yeah. I think the other thing that happened and the reason why I feel that um, people are very skeptical, we didn't come out of um, the IHUB, we, we came straight out of college, in, when, um spent some of our time at um, C4DLA, which is the, mm-hmm. the, the University of Nairobi, University of Nairobi Education Center. Yeah. We tried to latch ourselves into um, different spaces mm-hmm. before we got our own footing. I feel that the other reason that why people are skeptical is because you know iHub was the center
1: of the universe as far as Nairobi is concerned. Yeah.
0: In terms of the the hype, that's what (laughs) people call it. Like (laughs) the hype of tech in Nairobi, it was it was it was iHub that that drove that that. because there were tech companies that existed before that. uh, Before that, Copycat and all those, um, Craft silicon I don't know when they started, but I'm sure they were there before. Mm. Uh, Vavient Tech, which um, then evolved to Pesapal and all that. All those existed. Mm. And then the hype happened, which brought the international... Money and money attention. and, and yeah. attention and whatnot. Right.
2: Um,
0: I feel that people are skeptical, and I myself was skeptical for quite some time because I did, i did I didn't feel... <laughs> that I owned the ecosystem. Ah. The ecosystem is owned by each and every one of us that's working in it, be it a founder, you as a tech developer in it, a, f- a founder, everyone. You're right. part of that ecosystem, the accelerators and whatnot. Right. But I feel that, for me, especially for me in the um, in, in in during our inception during those first few years, it was like there was an owner of the ecosystem and it was that centered around i have and then there's <laughs> the rest of us operating right. around that right so I feel that the the lack of ownership also contributes um, so people felt to to it
1: yeah, just people felt like uh unrepresented people feel, they didn't feel like
0: when I started getting included in 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 some of the circles you know these k tech entrepreneur circle there's a women in tech circle there's a founder circle and right. whatnot. when I started being included in that that's when I knew that's when it started um thinking in me that i'm I'm part of this ecosystem and every little thing that i do matters matters yeah. to yeah. this ecosystem right. if right. i raise it's it's a good thing if i'm winning on the customer side it's a good thing getting uh, a partnership with Safaricom, it's a good thing mm-hmm. for the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. My contribution, um, all the other peers' contribution mm-hmm. are the ownership. Mm-hmm. The ownership is not its not a physical space, it's mm-hmm. not I have. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. a, it's almost
1: like a, a feeling, it's a belief, yeah, it's, it's a, a, a homogenous, right? It's, and that is such an interesting thing because you know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I grew up basically as a as a professional in the Bay Area, in Silicon Valley, and that's kind of the ethos that I was raised as a professional. So me coming in, my expectation was, yeah, this is everybody in a tech ecosystem has this. For some reason, I assumed that that was a given, and it was a major lesson to learn that it's not true. And it's so refreshing to hear from you that you know you've had that step change or that mindset change. And I, I guess my question there is. Are we moving in that direction now? Are we becoming more collaborative? Are we taking more ownership? Are we seeing ourselves as one thing, or or is it still in pockets?
0: Um, it's partly still in pockets. Um, you know the conversation again around um, the the local founders and then the the founders, founders yeah, yeah. and how the funding disparities are. <clears throat> right. You know that's a thorn. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: We skirt around it a, a couple of times, but. I don't feel like that has been really addressed right. because the people who are supposed to address that, mainly the investors really showing that, you know, the patterns are suggesting that there's buyers, let's figure out where the blind spots are. How are mm-hmm. we going to break those patterns? Mm-hmm. That's, that's not happening, happening. Right? So that's another so, conversation. So, to they, so mm-hmm. there's that. So that creates a pocket of its own. Um, there's there's also disparities in terms of th- these these entrepreneurs that have been there for a very long time and mm. that are really doing well and mm. they are the fledgling startups mm. who don't know where to
1: plug in, to get plug support. In.
0: Yeah. Um. So going through it, this is our fifth year running the company. After five years, you then you've you've learned, you've changed mindsets and and whatnot. So I'm in a better position now because I I know where to go to for different things. I've met. Friends in the ecosystem, I'm contributing actively to the ecosystem, mm-hmm. so it's I'm, I'm in a much better place than you were before. To, or? to yeah, to know, to know where I belong and to know where the ecosystem yeah. reaches right. and what it. Comes what's real and what's away. not real, basically. Yeah, but yeah. that's not that's not visible to you during your first year or your, right. your second year, and right. it doesn't need to be that way. Right, right. Yeah.
1: interesting. So can you? Can you if you go back to your first year, second year, or did, can you track if your mindset changed from more skeptical to more open? I guess you kind of said it when you started getting involved in this Ku thing. Can you do? You, can you remember the inflection point where you you flipped from one thought process to another in terms of your relationship with the ecosystem and how you engaged in it?
0: Uh, we got screwed over by investors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, things just were happening, and I felt like this company is going downhill. Mm -hmm. Then,
1: so was this during that period (laughs) where investors came in and started telling you how to get a, you know, you know, financial model and all these other things? When, when
0: that was that was post. Now post that, you've got your financial model. You finished Village Capital, got um, some investors, and. And then you realize, uh, maybe that was wasn't the best deal. Mm-hmm. For, for what was your company? first? How much money
1: did you get first? Um, ten
0: thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. Who yes. raise money? Ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Somebody what? believes. Uh, yes, yeah. I was at the end of my money. Okay. When that money came, came in,
1: so it was like, shoot, I need this.
0: It was yes, it was everything at that um, point in time. Uh-huh. You've. Left your job, your parents are mad. You've turned down grad school. I turned down grad school and a job.
1: <laughs> so you're this Google. crazy. Ca- your parents yeah. are like, "Oom oh, daughter, what's happened to this girl?"
0: You're a first born You're on a first class. You know. So everything <laughs> you're not following just, the script. You're know, yes, yes. So, so when that ten thousand dollars came in, it meant a lot. Validation. It meant dignity. Huge. Right. It meant validation. It meant the company can. Progress. Has it, a meant, it meant a lot of things.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, looking back, it wasn't structured in the best way, really. Okay. Could have been structured. Can you talk
1: about where it came from? Is that Are you I,
0: open to that? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> <That's okay. laughs>
1: <laughs> keep that relationship. Oh, we
0: we have a whole lot of we have a lot of investors. So okay. you you wouldn't even uh, be able to. Get <laughs> so how many investors do you have
1: generally? Like
0: I, ca- I can't uh, even count. We, over ten. K- they keep revolving. No, not over ten. Okay, oh, not are right. they're, okay. they're fewer than that, mm-hmm. and they keep revolving. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happened, and then I felt like combining my vision with the investors' vision was. Taking us in a direction that I didn't understand, and I had an out of body experience for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I started talking to people. I mm-hmm. started making friends and in the ecosystem and talking to them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's when I realized, uh, number one, everyone is figuring it out. Mm-hmm. These people that I think are experts out here mm-hmm. are not experts. Mm-hmm. We are all figuring out, figuring mm-hmm. it out. So mm-hmm. we are equals in a way.
1: Right. Right. Um, so so I, need, I
0: need to trust. and need to trust and open up to these people because if if I'm asking questions, I'm not stupid. <coughs> right. These people have gone through the same things, right. and they're also figuring things out. Mm-hmm. So, so you felt more really, comfortable. Yeah. So from I feel like that that was the inflection point. Inception it point. took getting confused because of investor funding and and investor clash and being distracted, yeah, and yeah, being yeah. distracted yeah. to then know who are the right people I need to be going back to. When I look at my list of investors that I have right now, mm. there's, there's one investor that I particularly like and our conversations are always very progressive. Mm. And I met them recently and I, I came to learn that this particular investor has been founded a company that they sold, mm-hmm. a medical diagnostics company, and mm. they sold that company and he started the company when he was quite young as well, in, mm. in, in his 20s. Mm. And that made me realize why I now tend to gravitate towards other founders, other entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when things are thick, yeah. because
2: yeah.
0: they understand the struggle. Struggles.
1: Facts, talk they about understand it. understand the struggle. Yeah.
0: If it's investor whiplash that you're having or investor is saying this, your body is saying this, but your hunch is telling you this, mm. they've probably been in that situation. So the best advice that I've received so far that mm. um, guides me or has helped me make decisions is mm. from my fellow...
1: Entrepreneurs, uh, yeah. Entrepreneurs. Yeah.
0: That's not to discredit advice from advisors and, and I mean, I think people. I, 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 it's, it's just. Ahead that you need you need to understand you need to interact with other
1: people in the same boat or been there, done that. and they are very yeah.
0: accessible right because i had this impression that these guys have made it why would i talk to a cellular founder
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I
0: can't, how do i even set up a meeting
1: mm-hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> send, send an email <laughs>
0: Everyone is so accessible, craft ceiling, Kamal, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. very accessible. Mm-hmm. But the impression I had back then was, was wow, yeah. how many peers do I have to talk to before I talk to Kamal, right? Right, right, right. So,
1: so that's been helpful for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's great stuff. So I guess... I mean, we've gone... We've gone everywhere. <laughs> we've talked about so many cool things. Yeah. So I guess we don't even have your story yet in terms of okay, the sequencing of it, which is fine. And we are kind of almost done here and maybe we'll have to bring you, you know what we'll do? We'll bring Rita in to talk a little bit more about, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever she wants to talk about. Maybe she will be able to cover more of that. But um, I guess one...
0: She'll talk more about the cool tech that we've built because she runs that team. Okay. Yeah, we've done a whole lot of cool things behind the scenes. Okay. You know, to to the... To the public, it's you're giving loans to smallholder farmers, but small it's not company a simple bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the back end of it is really intense and, um, and intelligent. And and you
1: work. guys, you guys are. I mean, I'm so impressed by Thank that. You. Both of you guys are coders, and you, you're building the thing. You're owning the IP, top to bottom, and building a team. That is. I and, mean, and
0: we are working with Safarico.
1: Okay, that's... <laughs> I'm not
0: sure if that's... It's, mean, a that's good, yeah. it's a good thing. <laughs> okay, Yeah, cool. it's a good thing. I mean, your line... <laughs> I'll, is, I'll tell you what. I'll tell your you line what, is a Safaricom line let,
1: let me Let me explain. Uh, <laughs> there's a mixed in the ecosystem, right? As yeah. you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's mixed, um, how do I put it, uh, perspective around...
0: Partnerships are not easy to execute. The reason why I'm bringing up Safaricom for us in this case, it to be more like we are running a partnership with a big corporate <coughs> our systems are integrating with big enterprise systems of a big corporate that's that's, no, that's good but here's the thing you gotta pu-
1: you gotta put it in context because okay. what people tend to do right what people tend to do is they tend to run to the big corporates at the wrong time and the big corporates don't know what to do them. yeah and then it becomes a distraction for them yeah so all these things are nuanced oh
0: okay. yes yes there's that there's that so um the context here is, mm-hmm. we have built tech that's able to integrate to corporate enterprise systems mm-hmm. and run things in production, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Brand do things that are So it's, it's are a
1: stable you know, enterprise we've, level... We
0: financed more than 20,000 farmers in, in less than a year. You know, that's what banks, we should be talking about. Banks some banks haven't even done that in in, in the small business That's what want hear what people right? want to
1: hear 20,000 financial relationships or whatever your transactions with farmers that's dope. I mean the fact that your your back end is tied to some other big companies that's not, that's cool but that's just a it's like a plugging a wire into a wall great right.
0: Isn't the name Chiniyamaji? We are my dear, about the cool things that we do <laughs> <laughs>
1: unless you have a reason to from a competitive Nini standpoint or whatever you try to hide from investors. I don't
0: know No we're really I mean we are big we have cool tech integrated to big um, enterprise systems we financed more than our portfolio is really big it's even bigger than What's your some, growth rate
1: right now? How, 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 some how percent of the
0: uh, financials? Um, growth rate in terms of the customer numbers or the what, line what What's your top, what's
1: your key or, KPI? Or, or, or what do you one, measure? What's your, what's your number one KPI that you
0: measure? Um, it keeps changing. Hmm. Yeah. Which is, well, there's, there's a key one, there's, there's the main one that doesn't change, but there's others that keep shifting sure. depending on um, the needs. There's, there's a certain point when my key KPI is how, like the team culture and the performance because it's 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 very important. That's but what drives the, the biz- what drives
1: the business?
0: It's repayments. Okay. It's repayments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The key KPI is is our ability to
1: NPLs or To collect K- right collection. Yes, yeah. and, and not
0: recoveries collections because collections is what the repayment it's what you recover from the customer without putting so much. Effort. It's basically we, your margin. That's yeah. basically your business. It's your margin, yeah. so that's our call um, KPI currently, because we are a digital lender, right? And um, the number of customers that we are reaching, because okay. for us the number of customers that we are reaching, it's it points to how many customers are we including into the financial ecosystem? I see, yeah. How many farmers that haven't been able to get an instant loan when they need it to buy fertilizer are now getting this
2: yeah. this loan, how Good many answer.
0: customers are we retaining, how many yeah. of them are um, coming back. But it starts with the repayment <laughs> right. uh, matrix, right. that's the core one, and mm. the other things can, mm. can mm-hmm. shift around.
1: So, so let's kind of wrap up here, so where what's the future of farm drive, where are you guys taking this, um, what does that look like?
0: It's a 40 billion dollar market in Africa,
1: mm-hmm.
0: lending to... To agriculture,
1: Smallholder
0: farmers. Mm-hmm. only one percent of that portfolio is being met by all commercial banks and institutions mm-hmm. in, in in the African continent mm-hmm. and it, it's the same statistic in in Kenya from CBk I think it's less than four percent of the commercial put, the lending portfolio goes to the agriculture sector
2: mm-hmm. so someone it's a big market
0: it's someone has got a drive that up mm-hmm. so for us it's can we drive that up to 10% to 15% people will always eat food will always need to be produced
1: right. farming, can, producers can, you know. in
0: Africa are mm. mainly smallholder farmers I know there's people now talking about large-scale farming and precision agriculture and what, would, but in the now food is being produced by smallholder farmers those are the micro-businesses that are producing the food that's consumed um, in the continent, when you eliminate what we're importing, the reason why we're actually importing a lot of food is because farmers are not able to optimally produce if they mm. don't have money.
1: That's even worse. Yeah. They they
0: won't produce, so mm. you you bring in your eggs and whatnot from mm.
1: from abroad from abroad. Yeah, so actually it's it's, so it's, it's actually in a sense uh, closing a big uh, economic uh, loophole.
0: It's all tied, yeah,
1: right, so that we can actually catalyze our own local economy. Yeah from farm to table, Mm -hmm. right? Very, very important. So this is good stuff. I mean, you'll have to come for part two. I think, I guess Rita will come and then we'll see how that goes. But um, final question here. So what has been your maybe two or three biggest lessons in your entrepreneurial journey that uh, parting shots that you, you would give advice to emerging entrepreneurs?
0: Believe in yourself. Very cliche. Truly, truly matters. When you believe in yourself, you radiate this. You you give the same vibrations to anyone that you're interacting with, your customers and and the ecosystem. Then they are able to see what you're bringing to the table. Right. The other reason why I say believe in yourself it's because the entrepreneurship journey pe- people tend to say it can be very lonely, and now I understand why that's the case. It's because you talk to a lot of people, you're always, you know, interacting with teams, talking to people, which doesn't seem lonely from the outside, but it's very lonely in that at the end of the day, whatever everyone is saying, you're the one who has to make
2: the decision. decision.
0: You're the one who has to decide which direction the business is Will taking. Yeah. And there are always very many dilemmas and things to choose, options to choose from. Right. So you have to believe in yourself to be able to, to survive that. Right. Number two, trust the ecosystem, that you, trust that people mean well for you, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: trust that the space that you're working in and the people that you're interacting with, they mean well for you. That's
1: a big one because we have a very, very, very low trust, yeah. because, I mean culture. When it comes to business, mm-hmm. that's a big one.
0: Yeah. When you when you start trusting, then you you even able to point out the wrong doings. Yes. You can legitimately do that. That I'm coming from a place of trust, and this is, this is not. Right. This is not right. When you trust, you're able to see something that didn't didn't happen well and you mm. can course correct.
1: Mm-hmm. What about integrity? So you can tr- trust is one thing but you mm. also have to be trustworthy.
0: You have to be trustworthy, yeah, it, it goes hand in hand. Of mm. course, if, if you want to be trusted and you want to be in trust then it, it goes hand in hand. It goes hand, in hand. Um, final the, one? The final mm. one mm. you can't do without a team.
2: Mm.
0: So build Build a great team it's, very, it's one of the most difficult things to do as a manager, building a great team and building a great culture, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the core of, of your will. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a team, you, have nothing. you can't do you can't do much. Mm-hmm. If you want to go further then you, you need a great team, it, it takes time, but build, build a great team around you. Awesome.
1: Man, Paris, this has been awesome. This has been wonderful. A lot of nuggets. Um, Thank you so much for coming through. And uh, and that's it for this week. Until next time.
0: Thank you for having me. Shout out to James, the greatest designer in Nairobi.
1: I gotta be James. (laughs)